Blog Talk Radio. Case, 
but no compelling reason to overrule a compromise that was worked out over 40 years and has lasted reasonably well, said Breyer. I guess people could overrule our decisions just as easily. And you start overruling things, what happens to the country thinking of us as a kind of stability in the world? And that is tough because it changes a lot. The answer, of course, is Americans have come to see the courts as another political branch of government. Lawyer Michael Carvin, leading the anti-union sign Monday, gave further justification for that impression. In front of the justices, he dismissed the notion that anything could happen adversely to unions as a result of the case. But then he went out to the Supreme Court plaza and in front of a cheering crowd told the truth. It may limit their revenue somewhat, but of course they can compensate for that by being less involved in things like politics. And that's exactly the goal. The large political consequences of the case were unstated in the chamber, but the argument was at times as partisan as a debate on the House interrupted and talked over the three female justices, classic man-splashing, as Slate's Dahlia Lithwick observed from the press seats. Carvin referred to the other side's argument as the so-called opposition and pronounced Justice Sonia Sotomayor's surname as Sotomayor. At one point, he quipped that he has a First Amendment right not to join the American Bar Association because virtually every word out of them, their mouth I disagree with. Justice Samuel Alito guffawed. Now, the, the, the thing with this is, why why didn't, if, if he mocked her, why didn't they, why didn't they say contempt of court and kick that bastard out of there? Why didn't but they, they do they got, But they got no... They, they've got no uh, backbone. backbone or balls. I mean, these, this, this court is such a weakling, okay, and they're so bought off by the damn GOP, and uh, the GOP by the freak GOP by the big investors, all right, that it's it's just criminal that they're that they're allowed to sit there. Okay, I mean, let me finish really, the argument. I mean, I'm serious. Well, if they want the to, I mean, if, if people want, people don't give a damn. You know, they, they don't. Of course they Most do. people don't even understand. The argument was mostly, this is what they do care about. It's like having the um, polluters come before the Senate and they're, and they're given a, 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 a... But they can't do a damn thing down. about these bastards. They, they, the they, nothing Court. happens. The yeah. argument was it's mostly for show because there was little doubt that the 1977 Abu decision will go down. This will make it easier for the public sector worker who benefit from collective bargaining, who don't want to be in uh, in unions to avoid paying fees to the unions, even for non-political functions. Union finances will be further drained at a time when labor is historically weak. Carvin spent his morning, morning affirming the conservative justice. To Antonian Scalia, you're a thousand percent right, Your Honor. To Anthony Kennedy, exactly, Your Honor. To Alito, your recollection of history is correct. And these conservative justices left no doubt where they stood. Chief Justice I don't know, you moved it. It's down here. You've already uh, Chief Justice John Roberts dismissed as really insignificant the union's argument about free riders. Scalia informed the union's lawyer that his argument doesn't mean anything to me. Oh, okay. Breyer reminded his colleagues that when the court jettisons precedent, it is usually to write an egregious or basic wrong, such as Pussy versus Ferguson's precedent justifying segregation. I don't see anything too basic in the lines you're drawing, he told Carvin. Well, you see, we've got to explain that, the free riders, and most people in the unions know what free riders are, but, you know, they're people that, 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 that ride off the backs of the union, all right? They, they don't pay fees, they don't, you know, they don't... They don't pay union dues, you know, they don't, but they, they get the benefit... It's in an open union kind of, you know, open... They uh, get the uh, benefit of, of the bargaining, the... And, uh, yeah. The, the sick time, the extra pay, and everything else, but they don't have to pay for the That's for right. having somebody bargain for right. them. And usually they're all ass kissers, and they're all you know they're all up uh, you know they're all uh, uh, really. I, I've worked with unions like that, and, and it, it, it was a horrible thing. 
Carbon invoked Thomas Jefferson saying the third president thought it sinful and tyrannical to require people to give money which they don't wish to give. It's not known how Jefferson would have felt about public sector unions, but what's sinful and tyrannical is for billionaires to take over the electoral process and the government and for the highest court in the land to take aim at the last remaining counterweight. Well, Jefferson would not have cared for unions since he was a slave owner, mm-hmm. right? And, and uh, you know, a brilliant man, no, no doubt about it. I, I respect a lot of what he did. However, you know, he but was a slave knows, owner but, for crying but, who knows, <laughs> but who knows what he would be like in t- today? Well, today? I mean, that was in that time when that was very today, common. Today, I don't know, because Republicans are not at he, all what he, what he was. I mean, Republicans today are GOP. They're big corporatists. Jefferson wrote about corporations and said that they were the, they were the, will be the end of this country, mm-hmm. right? And he was right. Here we are. You know, it's it's ending all all, all this. And I mean, what what's going to happen? I mean, they I saw this woman, this Ferguson, uh, not Ferguson. What's her name? Uh, wait a minute, what's the name of this thing? is a teacher in California who, does, who, 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 sued, brought the case. who brought the case to court. Now, if you saw her interview, I mean, what a witch of a person this person is. I mean, she's, you know, just just ridiculous. I mean, she's trying to make a name for herself, and that's, uh, you know, that's what she did. So, and I'm sure, and I guarantee that she is backed by the Koch brothers or some other major by somebody. Uh, schmuck, okay, who brought this to, who, 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 you know, is paying her way, you know. So it's really, it's really sad, but that's 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 what we got, folks. And it's you know, it's it, they're just ruining. People like that should not be working in union areas like like you know, especially in teaching. You know, I mean, there's enough trouble in teaching as it is, but you get people like this that just go in and just you know, destroy. undercut and destroy everything because of their own greed and which their own is, their own which uh, is desi- stupidity. Which is designed to protect people. Yeah, I mean, these people are about as stupid as it gets. You know, it's really stupid. I mean, anybody who's a Republican in a union, mm-hmm. is, it, you know, it, it doesn't even make sense, you know. I mean, the Republicans are there to destroy unions, right? right? You know, not to, not to, not to make them uh, stronger. And if you're in a union and you're a Republican, sorry, folks, you're, you're, you're completely out of your mind, you know. <laughs> I mean, completely, all right. Get another job. So anyway, that that's what we gotta say. It's pretty okay. scary, though. It's scary. It, it sure is scary. But you know, that's the craziness of this. Uh, the horrible uh, court uh, that uh, we have. System. Oh, they're terrible. Absolutely terrible. Uh, and here's uh, Maximilian Robespierre said. He's the guy that cut off everybody's head. Off with their head. Yeah, he was the he was the during the French Revolution. Robespierre killed everybody, <laughs> and then later he was killed. But the French, the secret of freedom lies in educating people, whereas the secret of tyranny is in keeping them ignorant. No. Yeah, well, you know, Robespierre was... Uh, a man ahead of his time. Yeah, well, ahead of his time, yeah. Hmm. He actually got his head cut off. Oh, dear. Yeah, later, when they overthrew him. But uh, let's see. Uh, this is interesting here, okay. Bankrupt, this is another thing on uh, on on this... It's like ordinary people can't lobby the Supreme Court, but together we can change the political and cultural climate that the Supreme Court operates in as it makes its ruling. Supreme Court appears ready to bankrupt public employee unions. And after a decade-long effort to place ideologically committed movement members in the judicial branch of government, funded by extremely wealthy individuals, okay, uh, now they have a to kill it, to kill unions. So, um, let's see. Uh, Wealthy individuals and their corporations. It looks like the resulting corporate conservative wing of the Supreme Court is ready to make a ruling that would bankrupt public employee unions and clearly already decimate private sector unions will be the next target. The Supreme Court heard oral arguments Monday in the case of Friedrichs versus California Teachers Association. 
In this case, the court is asked to overturn a unanimous 1977 case that said public employee unions can charge non-members a fee to cover the cost of the services the unions are required by law to provide those non-members. The fee does not cover political activities of the union, only the cost of services the unions must by law provide. If the corporate billionaire class gets, away, gets its way, and it looks like it will, the terrible inequality you see in the country today is nothing to compare to what's coming. Having grabbed all the income gains since the recession, having wiped out the middle class, having pushed so much to stop to the top that a, that a few families now have more wealth than all the rest of us combined, now the corporate billionaire class is coming after the rest of the money in the economy. The right-wing argument. Conservatives are making the case that any service public employee unions provide, such as collective bargaining, administrating, administrating resulting contracts, and representing employees who have grievances under the contracts, are themselves political. Because unions represent working people, enable them to band together and collectively bargain, thereby gaining strength to confront those with concentrated wealth and power on a more level playing field, they argue these services are political services. And since public employee unions bargain with the government, they argue that negotiating for better wages is political because better wages for public employees cost taxpayers. That doesn't make any sense. Wow. Therefore, by their very nature, unions are engaging in a political activity. So they argue those fees charged to non-members for the services the unions are required by law to provide are political services and can't be compelled. That's bullshit. <laughs> that is just bullshit, and it that's what they need to say. I mean, it's, I you can you can throw a few words at anything and make it seem like something else. Yeah. Really, it's a case of the emperor's new clothes. Oh, really? And that argument stands up before a court? What's wrong with these people? They're a holes, Lila. No, it's not even not even not even that. No, they're criminals. These guys, these court, Supreme Court justices, are nothing but puppets, and they're criminals, corporate criminals. Okay, to allow this to happen, and the and but because better wages for public employees cost taxpayers, therefore, by that very nature, unions are engaging in political activity. Oh, yeah, right. Man, if these fees that cover the cost of those services are struck down, however, the unions will still be required to provide the services. Obviously, the purpose of this, such a ruling would be to bankrupt the unions. Yeah. And while comments made by justices and oral arguments um, are not always predictive of what a final ruling would be, the court's conservative majority left a clear impression that a majority of the justices are preparing to rule against the unions. USA Today said as much in its news story, Supreme Court seems sure to rule against the unions. The Supreme Court left little doubt Monday where, where it stands on forcing teachers and government workers to contribute to public union employee unions against their will. It's ready to strike the requirement down. Well, you know, you know what I say. They should go after The union should stop dealing with those kind of people. Okay, I mean the unions well, should be negotiated. Well, that's their problem. They should, get, they should get their congressmen, okay, to change that law and strike these bastards out out, so that they don't have any rights. Okay, mm -hmm. they don't want to pay. They don't have any rights. You know, they can negotiate their own thing and see how fast they get. You know, the unions will make will make a, a living wage, and these clowns will be you know uh, minimum wage. Get okay. three dollars an hour. They'll get nothing, and see how fast they run to the union after that. Yeah. All right. But the courts, and that's exactly what these guys want to do. And you get these the first of Burger Fredericks, uh, crazy women. Okay, we think they're, they're, you know, yeah, you know, I've seen this in unions, and it makes you sick. Okay, the people are free riders, they call them, and the courts. More conservative justices sharply criticize the current system in which public employees must pay for the cost of collective bargaining even if they disagree with their union's demands. And the problem, those justices said, is that virtually everything the union does, uh, unions do affects public policy and tax dollars. Everything that is collectively bargained with the government is within the political sphere, almost by definition, 
said Justice uh, Scalia. Since uh, seen as the lone conservative who might side with the unions because of past statements. Hey, who knows? Okay. The New York Times Supreme Court seems posed, poised to deal unions a major setback. Okay. Uh, the justices appeared divided along familiar lines during an extended argument over whether government workers who choose not to join unions may nonetheless be required to make pay to help pay for collective bargaining. The court's conservative majority appears ready to say that such compelled financial support violates the First Amendment. Jeez. Okay. Supreme Court majority is critical of compelled public employee union fees. Majority of the Supreme Court seemed ready Monday to agree with a group of California teachers who say it violates their First Amendment rights to be forced to pay dues to the state teachers union. The 40-year-old precedent allows states to permit unions to collect a so-called agency fee from non-members to support collective bargaining activities, and California is one of about 20 states that allow it. Public employee unions say such fees are essential to their well-being and that challenges to their arrangement are born of the conservative efforts to weaken their strength. Liberal justices during an hour and a half of oral arguments said the challengers had not supplied the kind of evidence required for the court to overturn the precedent. But the court's a conservative majority in 2012 and 2014 expressed grave doubts about this 1977 decision in Abood versus Detroit Board of Ed. And there seemed little reason after the oral arguments for unions to think the majority was not ready to uh, now finish it off. The funding behind the case. Political looked at the funding behind the organization involved in this case conservative group near big payoff in Supreme Court case. There you go. The conservative Bradley Foundation has spent millions over three decades to smash labor unions. The Bradley Foundation funds the Center for Individual Rights, the conservative D.C. nonprofit law firm that brought the case. It funds or has funded at least 11 organizations that submitted amicus briefs for the plaintiffs and it funded a score of conservative organizations that support the lawsuit's claim that the fair share fee non-members must pay are unconstitutional. No. When the CIR first filed the case in the California Federal Court in 2013, the Bradley Foundation posted the news on its website under the tab, What We Do. Bradley isn't the sole conservative philanthropy to bankroll CIR. Others have included Donors Capital Fund and Donors Trust, two vehicles frequently used by the Koch brothers, the Dunn's Foundation for the Advancement of Right Thinking, the F.M. Kirby Foundation, the Lillian Wells Foundation, and the Carthage Foundation, according to Conservative Transparency, a project the Liberal Opposition Research Nonprofit, a project of the Liberal Opposition Research Nonprofit American Bridge. Groups submitting amicus briefs in Friedrichs, in the Friedrichs case, have also gained Bradley support, including the National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation, the Goldwater Institute, the National Federation of Independent Business. Don't forget the Cato Institute, uh, Manhattan Institute, mm -hmm. Institute of Justice, Beckett Fund for Religious Liberty, and the, Mc and the Mackinac. Mackinac Center for Public, Public Policy. Policy. All right. Independent, uh, the National Federation of Independent Businesses, the Freedom Foundation, the Atlantic Legal Foundation, and the, the National Freed Right to Work. I already said oh, that. Right and now. the Friedman Foundation for Educational Choice, according to conservative transparency data. The New York Times also <coughs> looked at the backers in the Supreme Court case on public sector union fees roused political suspicions. It's been nearly 18 years since Hillary Clinton used the term vast right-wing conspiracy to describe the conservative forces arrayed against her husband's administration, but the suspicion about right-wing plotting remains as current on the left as well, Mrs. Clinton. The center is backed financially by a number of prominent conservative foundations, and the case has generated considerable interest on the right. Conservative organizations... Uh, Let's see. Uh, 
conservative organizations and politicians, some of whom have received funding from Koch Industries, and Charles and David Koch have submitted more than one dozen amicus briefs in support of the plaintiffs. The Center for Individual Rights is embedded in the world of prominent conservative political donors as well, having received large contributions from the Sarah Scaife Foundation. Now, that Scaife Foundation started a long time ago, in the 60s, actually, you know, to, to, to uh, under, undermine all of any, uh, the, uh, um, undermine the, the Kennedy administration, mm -hmm. any liberal, uh, you know. The John M. Olin Foundation, the Lind and Harry Bradley Foundation, and according to filings with the Internal Revenue Service. The Center for Media and Democracy has looked at the funding behind anti-union organizations in an earlier court case that led to this one, and other well-known names pop up in their research. The Walton and the Coors families from Who is Behind the National Right to Work Committee and its Anti-Union Crusade. Now, the Waltons are Walmart and Coors yeah. are as Coors Beer. Yep. Yeah. The, as the U.S. Supreme Court's 2014 session comes to a close, one of the major cases left for a decision is Harris versus Quinn, which could affect millions of public sector workers in the U.S. This case originates in Illinois, where home health care workers have been successfully organized by public sector unions. Now a small group of these workers, represented by lawyers from the National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation, have sued, and their lawyers contend that the agency fees or the fair share dues that even non-union members of bar the bargain unit are required to pay to the unions that bargain for higher wages on their behalf violates the First Amendment. I I don't know why these unions have to negotiate for those people. I never understood that. The by law they have to, okay? If those people do not want to join the union and do not want to pay the pay the dues, no. Then go negotiate then go to, on then your negotiate own. your own, you know, but uh, you're not getting union union stuff, you know? And in 2012, the Koch Brothers Freedom Foundation group funneled $1 million to the National Right to Work Committee, while the Charles G. Koch Charitable Foundation gave a $15,000 grant to the, I don't even know what that is, NRTWLDF, which uh, has uh, also received the a National Right to Work, National Right to Work, LDF. I don't know what that is. From the Koch. Uh, oh, the National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation. Oh, okay. Uh, suggests significant funding from the Co-Connected uh, Donors Trust and Donors Capital Fund. Today, at least three former Coke associates work as attorneys for the National Right to Work Legal yeah. Defense Foundation. In addition to the Koch brothers, the National Right to Work Foundation Defense Fund has received significant funding from many big-name conservative donors, including the Walton family of Walmart, the Coors family, Castle Rock Foundation, Wisconsin's Bradley Foundation, the John M. Holden Foundation, and the Cyril Freedom uh, Trust. Cyril, of course, is the uh, none other than the pharmaceutical company. The names Coke, Bradley, Scarf, Olin, Coors, Walton, and the others are well-known to people who study the massive amount of money behind the so-called conservative movement. <laughs> Pardon me, folks. I didn't mean to sneeze like that. Pardon me. That has helped drive anti-democracy efforts and the resulting inequality in the decades since the 70s. This small band of wealthy foundations and billionaires are among the same conservative donors who funded the efforts to place the current corporate conservative majority on the court and many of the politicians who vote to put them there. And they represent the very people who will gain the most from the resulting increase in equality and plutocracy that will result from the destruction of unions and the bargaining power they provide to regular working Americans. Ordinary people can't lobby the Supreme Court, but together we can change the political and cultural climate that the Supreme Court operates in as it makes its ruling. We can send a message that working people do not accept an economy in which they cannot organize together to fight for fair wages, working conditions, and an ability to do their jobs effectively. One way to do that is to sign this petition that declares that it's time to stop attacking working people. Then check the Americans Works Together website for facts and framing you can use on social media 
in letters to the editor and in conversations in your communities. This work is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike, whatever, 3.0 license. I don't know what that means. I don't know either, but that's This work is licensed. Maybe it's maybe copyrighted or something. I, I don't know. I wish they'd talk English. So anyway, these are these are the issues that you're dealing with, folks, and it's really really frightening. You know, it's really really frightening. You know what? I mean, this if they if we lose this, especially the public employees lose this. I mean, this takes us back to the dark ages, man. We're we're back to a feudal system where off with your head, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, you you got no rights. None whatsoever under any circumstances. So, <clears throat> no, you gotta fight this, folks. If you don't fight it, you're dead. This country is dead. Well, uh, public employees and teachers and people in schools and healthcare yeah. are the last group of. Uh, oh, just good. let me yeah, finish. Yeah, are the last group of people that have good wages. Yes. The rest of the middle class has been destroyed. Well, they're going they're after working, doctors. They're, they're going after doctors. Now it's nurses mm-hmm. and health care people, yeah. teachers, and government employees. Yeah. Once that's sma- smashed, that'll be the end of the middle class. Yeah. They've destroyed most of it. Yeah. This and will finish it yeah. off. I mean, you know, I mean, so, you know, it's either revolution or it's something, folks, because you, you just, you know, you, now here, now I don't know if anybody's bought their auto ticket, right? I hope you did because you only got a few hours to do it before the, the drawing. When do they draw it? I think ten o'clock. Oh. But the thing is that all you've heard recently, and this is what's funny, the last few days because there's so much money, 1.5 billion, right? All you hear on the news and all you see, take it the 30-year annuity. Let the government keep your money. All right, and and you'll get twenty million dollars a year. And that's plenty, you know. I mean, this is what they're advocating. All these articles on that, all the news and that, and even even Mark Cuban said, keep keep your money, keep the money in the in the in the you know an annuity, you know. Uh, it's like everybody's telling you. I mean, what happens is, you know, they said, oh, you're gonna blow it, you're gonna, you know. Who, what it is is they they they've got they're so damn greedy in the states the states the carball are so greedy all right and the government that they 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 want to keep all that money for as long as they possibly can because the payout on this is about eight hundred million bucks okay mm-hmm. now the payout you know the cash out okay is about eight hundred and forty five million all right and that's before taxes and after taxes you know maybe you get uh, six hundred million. But that's six hundred million that you can use, all right? You can buy government. Okay, you can buy all you get with the, with this damn annuities is twenty million dollars. I, I mean, that sounds ridiculous, but you can see the workings of this damn government already. You know, that's too much money to give to somebody. You know what I mean? You can't. You know, that's why we break it into a thirty-year annuity. That's why you should take your money and run. Take your money and run, folks. Take it and who run. Who knows what it'll be? Don't worth. listen to these to these clowns because thirty years from now, your money will be that 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 for one point five million dollars billion will be worth five five hundred million. All right, that's all it'll be worth. <coughs> so take the five hundred million now. All right, that it's worth a hell of a lot more. Okay, and you can a lot more buying. If you want to buy a if you want to buy a company, if you want to buy, you know, into something, you need that cash. Okay, don't let them steal it from you. Take the money and run. Trust me, take the money and run. Why winning the Powerball will make you broke and miserable? You we, see what I mean? we read that last night. Did we? Uh huh. Really? Uh huh. Really? Yes, we did. Shit, I must be going to Alzheimer's. All right. Five reasons why the Powerball is a massive swindle and praise on the poor. Did we read that one, though? Well, I'm not sure if we read that one or not. We have read one with a chart in it. Uh, let's check and see. That doesn't look I just put familiar. this stuff up. I just put it up today. No. Massive swindle and praise on the poor. All right, that's true. But for two bucks, you know, you could do it, worse. It, you know, are you Odds right? are that you aren't going to be a billion dollars richer on Wednesday night. But you will have probably spent the equivalent of a tank of gas buying lotto tickets for Since drugs. when does two dollars buy a tank of gas? Yeah, really. I mean, it, it got, I I bought a two dollar ticket, okay? So 
So big deal. Actually, I bought two two dollar tickets because I won I won the Powerball thing last week. Okay, mm-hmm. on uh, this uh, on Saturday, I got the Powerball number, mm-hmm. and I, I I won four bucks. Now big whoop, huh? But nevertheless, it paid for this week's uh, Powerball. Anyway, and as U.S. Uncuts Nathan Wilman has previously reported. Many of those lucky enough to overcome the nearly impossible odds end up broke and homeless. Yeah, right. You know, there are five ways the Powerball is screwing you and your state. The lottery is designed to be impossible for anyone to win. It sounds like it. They've made it. Well, now, you know. But, you know, now, like I said, now they're telling you to keep the annuity, you know. Oh, there's so much money, it'll bankrupt the damn state. They won't bankrupt them. They got $70 million, billion, and they're only giving you back 1.5. Previous jackpots have been rigged. Don't be so sure the quick pick ticket you bought at the corner store might have the winning combination. Lottery officials have proven they have the technology. Where are you, anyway? Right here. Okay. And, and the system in place to rig the numbers in their favor. The most recent proof can be seen in the case of Edward Tipton, former security director for the Multi-State Lottery Association, who was sentenced to 10 years in jail for fraud last year. Is he the one that waited the ball? I think so, yeah. As the Washington Post reported, Tipton programmed self-destructing software into the lottery computers and bought the winning ticket for a $16.5 million hot lotto jackpot at a convenience store in Iowa in 2010, using a friend in Texas as a proxy to claim the winnings. He's also accused of rigging lottery, lottery jackpots in Colorado and Wisconsin. Believe me, I'm sure he's tried to rig this one. After Tipton's actions, his boss, multi-lottery executive director Charles Strutt, was placed on administrative leave. Very, number three, very little of the prize money actually goes to education. Many states that operate lotteries claim that a portion of the prize money funds public education. However, as John Oliver pointed out, John Oliver pointed out, the claim, while true, doesn't mean schools and lotto states get more funding. In many cases, having tax revenue from a state lottery gives the government of that state more leeway to move around tax dollars to suit politically valuable constituencies. Want to listen to this? Yeah. Uh, this is John Oliver from the Tonight. Uh, well, t- tonight was John. He was on the uh, John Stewart show there. Uh, daily, daily, daily show. news. Daily show. Yeah. Daily shows there. I don't know what he is now. I guess on HBO. Hmm. He's kind of a funny guy. Uh, uh, For all the players, the lottery boost to education. The reality is a little different. Our investigation of government spending in the 24 states that dedicate lottery funds for education yields a stunningly bad report card. The percentage of state spending on education is down or flat in 21 of those states from coast to coast. Lotteries provided no additional funding for education in 21 out of 24 states. As math students in one of those places would put it, that is nearly 50%. (laughs) How is this? How is this possible? Let's let's just look at North Carolina. Their governor inaugurated the North Carolina Education Lottery nearly a decade ago with big promises. When the lottery is fully implemented, we'll be adding another half billion dollars annually for education. Half a billion extra? That sounds great. You'd think by now all North Carolina preschoolers would be strutting around in fine bespoke suits, (laughs) quoting Nietzsche and Kierkegaard. But in fact, North Carolina currently spends less per student on education than it did when the lottery even began. And if you're thinking, how the f*** is that possible? It's because money in state budgets tends to move around a lot. Trying to add money just for one purpose is a bit like trying to piss in one corner of a swimming pool. It's going all over the place, no matter what you claim. Let me give you just a narrow example. In 2012, North Carolina used $100 million of lottery money for school construction. But that didn't mean the school construction budget was $100 million bigger than it would have been. Because while that money was flowing in, other money was flowing out. A portion of corporate income taxes used to go toward construction, but when the lottery passed, that tax money went away. 
substituted with lottery revenue. And where did that corporate tax money go? Who knows? There's not even a warm spot where it once was. But, but in a completely unconnected development, North Carolina plans to cut corporate taxes substantially over the next few years. So thanks for playing the education lottery, North Carolina. Better luck next time. But despite <coughs> all this, states are not only keeping faith in lotteries, they're doubling down and trying to reach new players by putting it on your cell phone. Illinois an <coughs> app this year to let you buy tickets on your phone, which is terrifying. Because we all know that if, starting right now, your mother could play the lottery as easily as she plays Candy Crush, in three weeks she'd be preparing Thanksgiving dinner over a trash can fire. But, but I'm sure... I'm sure that Illinois will make the same argument that everyone does to justify state-sponsored gambling. Hey, it brings in money for good causes. Except, as I think we've seen by now, lotteries are bad for losers, often bad for winners, and a pretty compromising way to assist state budgets. Think about it this way. Gambling is a little like alcohol. Most people like it. Some are addicted to it. And it's not like the state can or should outlaw it altogether. But it would be a little strange if the state was in the liquor business, advertising it by claiming that every shot of vodka you drink helps school children learn. Yeah. <laughs> Thank me for being a friend. I'm going to get those kids an iPad. I'm a winner. Everybody's a winner. <laughs> Funny guy. Bankruptcy, corruption, and mob connections 
It is criminal disregard of public safety and worker protections. Donald Trump can be cannot be trusted as the president of the United States. He's no better than the worst presidents we've ever had. Well, let's find so out. Let, let's go. This is the squeeze behind Trump Tower. The building of Trump Tower was the true art of the deal. Saving money was the key. Chapter 1. Hire the cheapest demolition contractor you can find, even though he has little experience. Trump hired William Kosicki, whose principal business was window washing. Kosicki, in turn, hired what became known as the Polish Brigade, more than 200 immigrants with no working papers who were paid one-third the union rate and worked under difficult conditions. Years later, deny you ever knew they were there, even though you visited the site. They were sleeping in the building. They had no protective equipment. All the OSHA requirements were being ignored. They had no masks. They had no gloves. They were stripping wires with their bare hands, hot electrical wires. Chapter 2. Don't tell anyone that the building contains asbestos. The reason? Asbestos is costly to remove and dispose of. Trump says he isn't legally responsible. The law says he is. It was the danger that was involved in working there. Because all the wires, a lot of construction, it was covered with asbestos. Chapter 3. Hire a waste hauler who doesn't care what he carts and knows how not to leave tracks. Trump's demolition contractor got Eddie Garofolo, identified by law enforcement officials as mob-connected. In August of 1990, while reportedly cooperating with federal authorities investigating racketeering in the construction trades, Garofolo was shot to death gangland-style in his driveway. In the okay. dead man's pocket, a wad of cash and a high-rated comp card for the Trump Taj Mahal. <laughs> Chapter 4. When the demolition begins, appear to be public-spirited. Promise artifacts from the building to the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Chapter 5. Jackhammer the artifacts when you learn the cost of saving them. The demolition contractor allegedly said that it was going to take a long time or a longer time to take those heavy panels down. Before anybody could make a decision, Trump apparently gave the orders to have them demolished. Chapter 6. Threaten the lawyer that the Polish illegals hire after your cheap contractor defaults on paying them. Make sure that the threats aren't traceable in case the guy isn't scared off. Mr. Barron had told me in the one telephone conversation that he, I had with him that Donald Trump was upset because I was ruining his credit reputation by filing the mechanics liens and that Mr. Trump was thinking of filing a a personal lawsuit against me for $100 million for defaming his uh, reputation. It turned out that Mr. Barron was Donald Trump's favorite alias. When this was revealed, Trump said, What of it? Ernest Hemingway used the pen name, didn't he? Chapter 7. Manage to stay out of trouble when your contractor is tried, found guilty, and fined for not paying his Polish illegal. And at any moment, uh, this should have fell out of bed. Now, people you've got to ask the questions for is, is over in Newark, New Jersey, the Department of Justice, uh, where, interestingly enough, Donald's sister worked. She was the number three person in the office. The assistant U.S. attorney said, don't mention the name Trump in, inside here. If you want to talk about Trump, just say, let's go outside and take a walk. At the time, Trump's sister was an assistant in the U.S. attorney's office in Newark. Today, she's a federal judge. Chapter 8. Have Daniel Sullivan make peace between the union and non-union workers on the tower. In late July, July 27, Donald called me and uh, asked the police company New York if he had a major problem. The employees he represented on the demolition of the Bonwood Teller building were going to hang one of his vice presidents, Tom McCary, off the building. Prevent the hanging, but a decade later face legal charges that you defrauded the union pension and welfare fund. Chapter 9. To build the largest concrete structure in New York City, turn again to Roy Cohn. Cohn is also the lawyer for the New York crime boss who controls the concrete business. Payoffs from contractors are dropped off at Cohn's office, 
so he may get paid twice for his services here. But then, you get who you pay for. Conclusion. In every respect, the building was pure Trump. Behind every facade, another facade. There you go, folks. That's your great Donald Trump. Oh, my God. Now, you can check that out on my website, lastoolshow.org. I, that's too bad. Yeah. You know, they all turn out to be crooks one way or the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really sick, you know. Uh, I wonder who's the bigger crook here, Hillary. They're probably neck and neck. I think they're neck and neck, yeah. I think so. I think so. And uh, unfortunately, Flips and burn at the media, yeah, okay. What's this one here? Donald Trump, uh, yeah, okay. Here, I, I've listened to a number of his stuff and his speeches, and some of them are funny, but a lot of But them isn't it un-American and fine? wrong to discriminate against people based on their religion? But Jimmy, the problem, I'm, I'm for it, but look, we have people coming into our country that are looking to do tremendous harm. You look at the two, look at Paris, look at what happened in Paris. I mean, these people, they did not come from Sweden, okay? Look at what happened in Paris. Look at what happened last week in California with, with you know, 14 people dead, other people going to die, they're so badly injured. I mean, we See, now, he, he's so concerned about that, but yet he, lets, he doesn't care if, if all those uh, poor Polish workers, you know, got killed, okay, or... or forever wounded or, or asbestos uh, poisoned, okay? Mm-hmm. And they never even got paid. They have to sue the bastards to get paid. So they right? didn't make any sense. So, so it was a sham, and it was a shame. And they were going to, if you if you heard that, it was really funny. He called up his chief negotiator who was, who was saying that. He says, hey, get down there because they're going to hang the guy, they're going to hang the uh, the, the uh, um the contractor off the off the the the, the, uh, the not the non-union but the, uh, the 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 window washing guy. Oh yeah. The contractor who, who he hired, they were going to hang him off the tower, okay, uh, by his feet, okay, because oh, he wasn't boy. he wasn't paying him. So uh, it, that's kind of interesting. I can but, I'd probably feel that way if I worked and would. nobody paid me. And they bring these guys in from Poland, and undocumented, has, and, and this guy has a nerve. Them. Yeah, yeah. Trump is a piece of work. He's a piece of work. He may be ahead of the polls now, but I guarantee, I guarantee you, he's going to fall and he's going to fall hard. Unfortunately, unfortunately for everybody. Oh, you know what I heard the other day? What? Uh, Paul, Paul was telling me this. Uh, he he read that the the, the uh, there's a university, and I forget which one it is, but they pre- they picked the last seven presidents. Okay. Really? Correctly. And, uh, Who did they pick this time? Bernie Sanders. I think Bernie Sanders will they, be the they, president. They elected. They 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 predicted Bernie Sanders. Now they they predicted each president for the last seven seven terms, seven times, seven presidents. Well, I think all of this about Trump's going to come out. This is going to come out. And He's I think so and it. people are just going to say, "Oh, holy crap!" More of the rest. Because they think he's a fun and nice guy. I mean, he has everybody bullshitted, and he had me bullshitted, okay, for a little while. Because he was funny, his speeches were funny, his, you know, he, had, he said the right things. But the guy's a prick. The guy's a crud. I mean, look at the stuff that he's done. It's horrible what he's done, mm-hmm. all right, and what he continues to do. And now he's trying to get away with it, okay, now. I mean, I don't care who wins the Republican nomination. It doesn't matter. They're all bums, all right? But I'd like to see, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, and put, and I just don't want to see Hillary in there, okay? And I don't, and I really now don't want to see Trump, okay, at all. Now, the guy's more dangerous than Hitler, you know? And uh, he has no respect for unions, no respect for people. And, you know, and that's that's what he is. And that little five-minute uh, uh, video. That was very kind of, revealing. Kind of I, yeah. I was shocked, really. I I, His trademark uh, building, Trump Tower, nothing but a facade, you know. Well, I guess what you saw in um, the magazine when you were at the checkout, or I don't know whether you were over at CVS and you looked at some of those trashy magazines and you looked at his house. 
Oh, all they gold had, oh gilded, my God, it was gilded, like it was like the most uh, garish, garish, gilded, uh, just like him. I mean, it's it's like you know it, that, that was, I don't know if anybody saw that. It picked up. I think it was uh, Us magazine or something. It was all or in people. The, no, it was Us. I think. Oh, I'm not it was all in that. the. Uh, it was in the. It's in the grocery stores in the aisle. You know, check out aisle. Uh, but oh, so can, there was a three-page uh, article. Oh, but it wasn't much of an article. It was just he brought you know, he brought a reporter in, you know, and who took to see the camera and took house, pictures. Huh? That thing looked like a like a a a, 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 a French whorehouse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was well, a, it was like an old Baroque French whorehouse. You know, it was unbelievable. Isn't that kind of what he is? Yeah, that's what it is. And you know, I, I had to laugh when he when they were when they were he was showing them that he brought all these reporters into the plane. You know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did you see that? And he, he was he was bringing them into no, the Trump plane and wherever it was. And the first they got and he says. And he tells the guy, "Hey, be careful with that camera. Don't scratch the don't scratch the woodwork." You know? Yeah, I heard him. Yeah, that was all right. But it was like, you know, I could understand that. But hey, you know, you're worried about the friggin' woodwork. Don't invite a hundred reporters into your yeah. private plane. You know, and and the whole thing is that that article made me piss me off actually when I saw it because it was such in your face. Uh, Over the top. Yeah, but in your face, you know, just in your yeah. face. You know, look how wonderful I am. Look how wonderful I am. You know, you know it is. He was in a French whorehouse for crying out loud. Forget it. Forget it. So I mean, I'm sorry, Mr. Trump, but <laughs> I have no no love, no faith for you, dude. All right. Well, he doesn't. He's not interested in the middle class or the working class. Well, let me there. let me let me read this last little segment here because this is my this is my summation. This is on my website, by the way, lastoolshow.org. I am running for president as a write-in in 2016. And it goes, don't be sold on Donald Trump yet. There is almost a year left before the election. At this point, I believe none of the leading candidates in either political party is worthy or trustworthy enough to be the president of the United States. And all are corrupt. Don't let Donald Trump's successful disguise all right, uh, hide his real self. He is a frightening and diabolical false prophet of the 1%. After watching this short video, you'll recognize the real Donald Trump. And I tell you, you really do. It's an eye-opener. And the other thing that the other thing that I want to mention is, is that, you know, on, uh, Bernie Sanders, I believe Bernie Sanders is a shill for Hillary, okay? Just like Howard Dean was a shill for Kerry, all uh-huh. right? And you're going to see that. He's... And, by the way, he's feathering his his retirement fund because every damn dime that this guy makes is uh, you know uh, is going into his pockets if he doesn't win. Did you know that? Well, yeah. every one of them, and what Definitely they you know like he's yeah every single dime. So he just collected thirty seven million dollars in the last three months, all right? You know for his campaign, you know to him, all right. Now if he if like Dean. Died in, in 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 Iowa. He gave up after Iowa. Okay, uh-huh. he came in third place. Why did he give up? In Iowa? He could have won in New Hampshire. He might have won anywhere. You know, but no, he gave up, knocked it out because he had fifty million dollars left that he could put in his pocket, and he was granted, he was guaranteed if he dropped out that he would become the the the, the chairman of the, the uh, Democratic National Committee. Which uh, happened. Which happened mm-hmm. exactly. And guess where he was from? He was a liberal governor from Vermont, okay? Just like Bernie Sanders, okay, a liberal senator from Vermont, okay? And, and you know, it goes on and on and on. I mean, it's just a copy, a carbon copy. He brings in the the, the progressives, okay, the progressives, the anti-war, the anti, you know, 1%, the anti-banking progressives, all right? And... He will give up his campaign and hand it over to and hand it over to Hillary. All right, and uh, you know Hillary's going to be the only one left. And so there you go. And she'll probably tag him for the uh, vice presidency, maybe. Okay, but you know that's the way it goes, folks. So listen to listen to me. That is the way it is. I wish you all good night. Hope you have a pleasant 
Yep. Tomorrow evening, we're going to go see if we won. Lila? Yep, well, and depending <laughs> on you, Leo, you've got to check those tickets. We're going to stay up till 10 o'clock. And I hope if someone listening won, I think that's terrific, and make sure that you are able to keep it by making good choices and decisions. Yeah, and take the cash out. Don't don't go with the long haul. You'll never see it. You know, they'll, they'll wind up taking it from you somewhere. All right? So good night, everybody. Keep the money if you win. If you don't, hey, play next week. Big deal. All right. Good night, everybody. And have a wonderful, 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 wonderful um, holiday. 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 Yep. We have one coming.